All right, we are live at Catharsis. Thanks uh, to everybody for tuning in. Uh, what we're going to talk about today is kind of an interesting topic because I don't think anyone really thinks about it, and uh, it hits home. And uh, when you really start thinking about it, you really kind of start peeling back layers and, and looking into your, your, I guess, your strongest relationships. But what we're talking about today is... Um, do your friends and family have your back? And I've got uh, Joe Moose here with his girlfriend, Emmy, and um, we're going to kind of just look into this topic and see wha uh, how they feel about it. Um, just normal, everyday Americans that were raised in this culture. So um, I originally thought of this topic because uh, I saw it somewhere, and then I just kind of forgot about it, and then I said, I looked at it again and I started thinking about it and then I started thinking about my friends. Then I started thinking about my family and uh, re realized that I wasn't sure that my friends, even my close friends or my fa any family member really had my best intentions. So what do you guys think of that? Have you ever thought of that question or <laughs> have you ever like wondered why? your parents aren't supporting you or your good friends are telling you not to go after your dreams, for example? Oh, absolutely. Um, everybody's dealt with toxicity in their lives, I think. It's just the people who uh, took the time to sit back and become aware of it while it was happening to them. I don't think m most people are aware when they're around a toxic friend or a family member because they view them or hold them in a certain like station. So people are blind or turn a blind eye to toxicity when it comes to friends and family. Yeah, it's almost like because they're your friend or a family member, like they get some sort of free ride or carte blanche ticket to be able to be treat you or behave however they want because they're within your inner circle. Yeah. Like especially with family members. I kind of grew up with a uh, single mother, but um, she kind of viewed me as her possession and it was um y you know um i'm dictating what what you're gonna be like and who or almost like you're you are her husband almost uh, yeah <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, but very p like possessive like uh I, I you know i i'm your family you you do as i say type entitlement of right narcissism i think so well it's hard to blame our parents, because, I mean, I doubt there was a lot of uh, information back then on awareness and all of that stuff. So they were probably programmed right. on every level. I mean, I grew up in the 70s where it was cool to beat kids and, you know, s slap them around and spank them and stuff like that. You cannot do that now. Exactly. You know what it's I mean? not politically correct anymore. S so a, a, a lot's changed. So, like, you know, we, we're all kind of we all came from our our family environment right right so generations down the line i guess exactly of so what people find correct or okay in their families like oh that's just what grandpa does or oh that's just what grandma does and then oh well that's what mom does and then as a result that's what you do and then your kids are going to do and before you realize you have 10 generations down the line of people who are just toxic as fuck in your life that you didn't even realize was happening absolutely you know, um, I kind of grew up, you know, in poverty, but like a single mother. But 
it was always just you're too stupid for that shut up get a job you know like yeah. enter the matrix it was it, where in my opinion it should have been figure out what you want to do and go after your dreams yeah you know and what what i c always kind of felt was like i want you to live this safe easy life so i don't have to worry about you you know mm -hmm. and i'm like going i don't think she's got my best interests you know i think a good parent would be going you know what man you're really talented go for that right uh you know yeah it's going to be scary for me i might get a phone call going you're dead one day or whatever something like that but i think a lot of parents kind of raise their kids to where it's convenient for them look get a job you know have this career so you're not hitting me up for money i know you're safe you're not going to jail yeah you know what i mean in in a sense absolutely or well like at the same time there's also like people who are naturally like fearful or have certain quirks that they don't realize they're passing on to their children that it ends up being extremely negative like yeah and that's where like you have to have compassion for your for your parents because what they're doing is wrong or they just don't know well some people have kids to like train them to do what they want instead of having kids to raise them and be a part of like an active part of society or a, a stand-up citizen kids are more so a trophy to a lot of people uh, instead of actual helpful right i mean kids are human beings and they're their own people they rely on you for the first 18 years because they're not fully developed right right so i think parents are they get this idea to where you know look i brought you into this world i raised you like you're kind of gonna follow what I, uh, my institutions and the way I do it, and, and that's where I think it's you, you get some like I don't know. I just think these parents there's possession there, right? Like where these these are my children, and they are. You know, you brought them in, but like they're also their own person, right? You know what I mean? Somebody that you brought into this world that you would hope is gonna benefit our world. And you would want them to zombie or another right. problem. Exactly. And you would want the best for them. And, you know, I might not like it, but little Johnny wants to be a rock star. I'm going to support it. Right. Instead of just get a job, be safe. So I don't have to worry about you type of thing. Or get a job, make enough money where you can take care of me when I get old. You know, that's absolutely. That could be a program as well. Mm -hmm. So do you guys have any personal experience? Amy, do you have any personal experience or like after being asked that question, does somebody come to mind? where like going, you know what? I always trusted that uncle, but now I don't think I do. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, no. Yeah. Is it a family or a friend uh, or family have you had both have you had a friend that you thought was a friend but like after a while based on what she did you're kind of going I yeah don't know. not so much yeah right yeah it's interesting you know because like that's what's really important is your friends and family yeah. and i think when you're a baby you kind of just assume you're at least your parents would have your back you know what i mean you would hope and, um, you know, you get to be my age and you look back and maybe they didn't, you know. So, like, how does that affect your relationship with them? You know, what do you do? You know, it's very it's a it's a weird line to walk. Um, a lot of people 
are have this mindset that blood makes you family, which in my opinion is incorrect. It just makes you related. Family are the people that you choose to be in your life that have that have your best intention at heart, that have nothing but goodwill for you. Um, and certain family members, I'm sure everybody has a family member inside of their own personal family. Who is the weird uncle or the crazy aunt or so on and so forth. And that one person that's always shunned out of the families, that one person who's always kind of spoken out or been been different is, I believe, potentially the person outside of the programming that your family has set in stone and has manipulated into everybody else's lives. Does that make sense? It does. So d- is there somebody then from your family or has there well, been myself. a friend that, yeah. that like, yeah, but like you just went, wait a minute, my, my own mother, my own father, I don't think they have my, my best intentions. And that's what I mean by having your back. Yeah. You know? Like, do you have sp- a specific example? Cause uh, you know, I have a couple, but when I start looking back at all of my friends who I thought were friends, I mean, and, and, and I was partly to blame for that too you know weren't really like by definition a friend you know and Mm -hmm. that's another thing we can talk about is what would define like a true friend you know what i mean yeah um i'm sure the thing is i I knew about the topic coming on and as much as i racked my brain i have always been pretty hyper aware of bullshit and actively avoid individuals that i have felt like that and have been aware from from a young age so i think i've caught on to that early on and never truly allowed myself to really get fucked by anybody close to me influenced right ultimately that's what it is is they're trying to influence you right i guess not negatively but away from innately where what path you feel is the best for you right and i've always kind of done my own thing both of my parents personally from a young age tried to influence me to hate the other um and i just did my own thing so from a young age i think i've chosen to think for myself right never really had to deal with too much of that yeah i i think that's that's important and you know at some point you have to be willing to let go of people in your life the minute you identify that they really don't have your best interests you know so um you got to be aware uh of who you are so you know you're not allowing certain people to treat you a certain way i mean there's a certain standard hopefully that you have for yourself absolutely you are not going to let somebody treat you that way and you know i kind of struggled with family members they just wanted the simple easy life you know they didn't support anything any of my interests and it it confused me you know Mm-hmm. And it was a battle, and it, it, I was always turned into the bad guy that was st- fucked up, or something was wrong with me. Why is why can't he just do what we do in the Matrix? You know, and and mm-hmm. it's because I didn't want to be a slave. I I, I had a skill set for this, uh, it, and it was surfing. <laughs> you know, there was yep. no money in it. It was kind of perceived back then as like this ghetto bum stoner thing you did in california but like it's a multi-million dollar business right now and like i I just felt like there were certain uh things that i was interested in my life that my parents were just going no 
We are, you know, we'll help you pay pay for tuition at this school, but we are not going to support your dream. There's no fucking way. You're going to fail, you know. It it all kind of came back to money. It was like going, well, how are you going to pay rent or whatever? And I'm like going, is that really important? Like, I'm your kid. This is my dream. The money will come. Let me get good at it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think there's there's two sides to that, Cohen, because I would like to say that in a sense, I'm almost glad I grew up poor in the sense that, like, my family was broke. That There was no supporting my dreams. I had to go for my dreams on my own, <laughs> you know. Right. So it was like if I wanted to do something, I scrounged up. The, I hustled up the money because I wanted to skate. And so I hustled up the money to get a skateboard. And they were like, all right, good for you. You know, like, there you go. Do whatever you want. But, and like, imagine what would have happened if, like, like, they got involved in your life and, like, took you to comps when you were six or seven. That would be crazy, but you I can't know imagine I mean? that because I didn't grow up on the other end of that. Right. But, see, I could imagine growing up on the other end of that, being the rich kid who has the money, but the parents don't give a shit because they're too busy doing this or making that money. So I'm almost – but I, but my parents weren't as, as present, neither being broke and poor. So who knows, really? Yeah, I think one of the things that benefited you and I is like we were left alone. Yeah, (laughs) our parents fucking left us alone. Like mine was at work the whole time. Uh, Yeah, mine too. And I'm like going, fuck, thank God she just left me alone, you know, and just didn't pound me all day. Yep. You know what I mean? So I I did have that freedom to kind of go do some cheeky shit during summer vacation or whatever. Right. Well, I was young enough that I raised was raising my parents while they raised me. I grew up with my parents. Right, so you I you probably learned from the from a young age that it was you, you know. I mean, there's right. not a whole lot you could in terms of guidance or role model take from either parent. Right, exactly. You know, and that's that's a awareness. I mean, if you can do that at a, at a young age. I mean, for me, I always kind of was like, okay, this is my mom, like shouldn't she be on the same team as me? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and and I always kind of felt she wasn't. Right. Like in it, it goes back to, to like control. It's like if he becomes successful, he's going to bail. My son is going to leave and he's going to make a lot of money and he's going to have this life and it's not going to include me. Right. You know what I mean? So it was almost like a predetermined, like she kind of just wanted me to fail. Needed a certain sense of control over your you accomplishments. Ha- yeah. When people are weak like that, you got more control over them. So like if I was struggling here and in, in a career I hated. Mm-hmm. She owns me. Y- y- you know what I mean? Well, so the thing is, I think what people define struggling is distri- like struggling financially, but you can be wealthy and not be financially wealthy. No, abundance it does not involve money. Right. So you can not have all the money in the world and not be controllable by anybody because you are emotionally healthy or wealthy. If, you know, uh, yeah. Just as a side note there. Like you can be like. I feel what I have with my kids, my family, what I have now is I have, I'm rich. Right, I feel like the same I, way. I compare myself to, m- like, a lo- most of my friends own nice houses, and they did the whole mm-hmm. thing. They got the dough, but I, I look at them every time I see them, and I'm going, I'm richer than you. Well, that's how I feel. You, you know, know I, mean? I feel wealthy with the friends that I have chosen to this day, and with the significant other that i've been chosen that i've chosen with i'm i feel abundantly abundantly wealthy in my like personal life right now um so when this question is aroused do friends and family have your back for me personally i have never had an issue cutting people off in my life i have done it to 
both of my parents at separate intervals in my life and multiple a multitude of friends. So the people that I have around now actively choose to be a part of my life as much as I actively choose to be a part of theirs. And I think I think the set of the solid set of crew of dudes that I hang out with now that I call my personal friends are fucking one in a million and 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 I, I trust all. So you would say thirty years from now, you you will still have like relatively almost daily contact or whatever month. I month would I would hope so. Yeah. At this moment, yes. Yeah, it's interesting how life turns, and that that's how you feel. And I'm not doubting your friends, but maybe they're thinking somewhere else. Maybe you know, you know, it's like that. There's this that could be the manipulation, and I could be falling for it. Yeah, or like life events in their life happen and it takes them down this road say one of them marries a an evil bitch that doesn't like the homies around you know it's happened it absolutely happened people do it you know and it's like that's why it's like it's important to just stay present and go okay these are my homies for right now i might lose three of them next year well you're like you never know and even if they're tight and the question i was going to ask is so what do you do well the the individuals that i call my brothers specifically those those individuals will be called will will receive phone calls from me until the day that I die, so whether or not they fucking like it or not. Or they they will or you will. It, right. So how long have you known them? Right now, seventeen years is what okay. I'm going on. I with. would say that qualifies. Yeah, and um, we've had our falling outs. We've we've had our our fights, and we've always ended up back. And the last six years have been more the most healthy. You know, yeah, those years. those little squabbles and stuff kind of need to happen. You right. don't think so. They suck at the time, but mm-hmm. it's but like it that's, that's what kind of like is the glue that kind of bonds these things. And, and that's, you know, another question is, is can you really have a, f- a, a, a trustworthy friend within a year or two? Like, or does it take that long? <laughs> does it take those episodes to see the character, the true character? How I many times have you moved and – you call everyone and nobody wants to come over and help you move. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I say that's a, a true friend will come and help you move. Yeah, that's me. I'm the guy with the truck. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so it, it does kind of say say something. Or does. like if you're in the pokey, who do you who, and you have one phone call? Uh, dude, I was in the you pokey. Know what I mean? and, and and the the hardest pill I had to swallow was nobody was there. Not a single one. So of those. you had guys no one to just call. Just talking about my brothers. And the shitty part is we were right in the thick of a falling out when I was fucking up. So you had nobody to call. Nobody to call. Th- was there I went one the person all by myself? So when you got a call, there wasn't one person that came to mind, and then you just went, "Oh, fuck, mm. can't call him." Not <laughs> a single person. No. Nope. So you just said no, no phone call. The only person I was able to call was my mom. And um, okay, so you called somebody. Yeah, and she yeah. was so used to me being in and out that. When I when she answered the phone, it was just what well, what is it this time? Right, <laughs> you know which city? Oh yeah, yeah right. What are you doing? I was like, oh, well, yeah, what is what it is? Right, that's interesting. So, it's very interesting, and I think I think s- this is a newfound thing. I've been out of the pokey many years now, so this during that time we've reconnected and and settled all those differences, and I think the glue now is thicker than it was before. With your friends. Right. You know. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think it takes a while to see the true character of anybody. And, yeah. and unfortunately, it has to be a gnarly situation. Well. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean. There's two sides to that. Um, one of the sides would be as you age, as you get older, 
the more aware you become, the less you decide to surround yourself with ignorant people or unconscious people. So you can actually obtain those friendships quicker be through a mutual understanding, just a, a mutual maturity. Right. And I think if you guys, like if say you have a friend you meet in your teens or 20s, if you can weather the storm till you're 45 and you're kind of more together as a human being, you're more relaxed, that's when the friendship really starts to take off because you've gotten all this other shit out of the way mm -hmm. you know what i mean the 20s and 30s stuff the drugs alcohol the girls whatever it yeah, is the divorces yeah everyone every guy anyway is just a train wreck in their 20s you know uh, yeah you know you just that's how you learn and, and women too but like that's the whole point that's how you learn so the I, I guess the idea is by the time you're 45 at least you're worthy of being a good friend and so's that guy right know? and like that friendship in the 20s actually is now it's sweet, you know, because all this stuff is gone. You know what I mean? Absolutely. It just, uh, it takes time. It takes time. And it, the sad thing is, is not a lot of people have taken the time to sit down and set roots with a specific group of friends or with a, like a specific group of people that they decided to call their own. And end up living this life of misery and solitude, which sometimes isn't really too terrible. I personally, for one, enjoy abundance of solitude. Um, That's when you grow. Yeah. You can't grow when there's people around. Exactly. It doesn't work that way. I, I love my me time. But right. that's that just boils down to the – it just boils down to the point I was making earlier of just cutting people out and never being afraid to do that. And luckily at the age I am – whittling through them has been a non-stop fucking journey of mine for the last few years that I've dialed it down to a pretty good set of goods, pretty good set of dudes. So when you fuckers listen to this, you better be happy. All right. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, I think like once you identify somebody doesn't have your best interest, especially somebody in your inner circle like that, it kind of forces your hand to where it's like, okay, I kind of, have to get rid of you you know and, mm -hmm. and, and uh, the older you get you, you start to really care more for yourself and you're just not going to give your time out you're not going to be around people that really really don't care you know so um I, I talk about this a lot with my wife but like you know everyone has a fucked up family member or, or whatever but you know we're so used to labels in this culture i always just say look if you took the label of mom or sister or my best friend, if you took that label off and stepped back, would you even like that person? What you know a what great I mean? you know point. What I mean? Yes, <laughs> I love that perspective. Yeah, because it's like, oh, it's my mom. My mom. I hate my mom. She treats me like shit, but well, then why don't you bail? Yeah. Because she's my mom. Like, that's your answer? Yeah. That's the reason? Okay, look, so let's erase that label. Mm -hmm. is is that person even good does she give a shit about you does she have your best interests you know so that's a labeling thing that i think everyone's kind of programmed into is you know like oh fuck i can't get rid of my dad it's my dad well you never know it's it's uh, it's hard to wonder what the interest would be though because every not everybody but a lot of people struggle with that and it's like are they just unconscious is it is it I, I as simple as that i think it's it goes, in my opinion, it goes down to self-worth. 
Like, if you really love yourself, you will not let anybody treat you anything other than love and respect. Absolutely. You know what I mean? It, like, you know, the, the more I practice what I'm doing, whatever, it's like you don't let anything slip by each day. You don't th- let any negative thought. Zero tolerance. The, the, the cashier at the supermarket, if she flicks you an attitude, I'm not saying engage and beat her ass, but like oh, be aware of it. You, you know what I mean? And don't let anything slip. And you develop this divine, you know, true love for yourself where there's humility and humbleness. It's not based on arrogance and ego. To where you're just going, I, I'm my own king, and I love everybody, but hell no. You know what? Uncle Tom's not going to f- treat me like that. That's a beautiful um, statement you made there because well, I have a wonderful uh, like example of that s- hear it. scenario. Half an hour or about an hour ago, we were at the mall, and I was had a guy who makes my custom hats for my company, and I asked him if he could pull up my logo and do that attitude with me, and I just turned. For no reason. For no reason. Yeah. I turned to Emmy and said, fuck this, let's go, and <laughs> walked off. On principle, you're not getting my money. Yep. Not, you know, I do that all the time. Yeah. I'm not going to just give you my money and allow you to treat me like that. Nope. You know, I don't care. You, you make $12 an hour, by the way, homie. Yeah. Huh? You, you know what I mean? I'm going to talk to me like that. Right. You, I make three times what you make, and you're going to – it's not my fault. You hate your job. Yeah. So stop projecting your misery – on to me, bitch. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I mean? And once you and once I'll take that twenty back, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> down, and it's so down. easy. It's so easy. Just nope. And turn around and walk away. It's easy for me too. And like like the people that I'm with, mm-hmm. they're just going, Holy shit. I yeah. can't believe you just did that. And I'm like, <sighs> I had no choice. Oh yeah. There's one option is I'm not paying for this. I'm not on principle, I'm not gonna let that guy do that to me and then kick him down cash. Well, pay him for it? Well, I'm a fucking, Are I'm a victim ki- of this to myself. I let that lady tattoo my hand, remember? Yeah, but oh, like, dear Lord. I mean, the only thing you're guilty of there, Joe, is not doing your research and being patient. Well, I should have walked out. I should have walked out. That was what one of those like situations. A beaten tattoo, right? It, yeah, I, I should have gotten up and said, fuck this and walked out like I did with the hat situation. Exactly. It, so. Like, but like, and but uh, what happened was I fell into that social stigma of oh this is not okay I'm at this tattoo shop there's people around I feel the pressure the social stigma of oh she drew it for me and there's blah, people blah 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 oh he's that guy who's coming came into the shop and is bitching about the placement of his tat and blah blah and here I am now with a fucking tattoo on my hand that's misplaced and I'm pissed about it and you know what I should have just got up and walked the fuck out. Right. That, that's why this life. country's in the situation it is, is everyone just let shit roll. Right. Okay. I mean, and then these disgusting douchebags that run the country, they just went, they're not even doing anything. And this stuff you is know? a practice. It's a, it's a practice. You have to have the self-respect daily. You got to show up for yourself daily and not allow people to sway you or influence you any which way. Know who you are and don't let the friends and family or, or the the or anyone yeah anyone or the the label of that sway you no matter what you are who you are you know what's right and you know what's wrong i think i think the more kind of aware you are with everything your responsibility grows because at the end of the day you're either part of the problem or part of the solution and if you choose to do nothing you are now part of the problem Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know so there's this responsibility going and that's where why I'm here right now 
I mean, I'm like going, I can't really bitch unless I'm doing something. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, okay, I'm I'm the guy that's going to say something to the the hat maker. Mm-hmm. You know, and and you know, I'm gonna, I'm going to vote for, for with my feet, but like I don't care if I go to a restaurant or anything like that. It's and I'll go to a restaurant if I get good service from a waitress, I'll tip like 30%. You know, but I will also drop a nickel. If you get Good service. Uh, yeah. I mean, okay. if the waitress is on the phone all the time and my fries are cold, you get a nickel. Right. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, don't don't kill the messenger. Don't hate me. But like you're a piece of shit and you totally disrespected my dining experience. Mm-hmm. So here's your fucking nickel. You earn that. But like a waitress is busting her ass, asking questions, make sure I'm cool. You get 35. Fills your cup three times throughout your you know? meal and make sure your glass is full. That goes back to the, the Pablo argument. Mm-hmm. This is like going, that's Absolutely. how you approach work. You make more money, you fucking idiot. Right. You know. Well, when it, there's get, so many Get yourself things. out of the way. Yeah, we're not going to go down that road. <laughs> yeah. but, um, That's you know. another route for sure. And I don't know. It's just interesting. And it's like I never thought I'd be where I'm at when I'm 55 years old uh, talking about these things. But, like, I actually care. So there's a responsibility. And you'll see, Joe, like the more you start – really understanding the information and what consciousness is and your role mm-hmm. <laughs> it, 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 it's a big role it that will nobody's willing to take so it's like you it's like fuck and now i got to now i have to be active i have to be part uh, i have to participate mm-hmm. you know because i have this information and if i sit on it i'm letting everyone down you know what i mean there's a responsibility and you know, and when I first when I first started this, I definitely wanted to use it selfishly. And and as I'm growing, as these keep happening, these moments, all these cathartic moments, just over and over, all these aha moments, it's I I can't help but share the information. I gave that book away to Blaine two days ago, and have another that, one on that's order rad, by already. The way. Yeah, I mean so, that just happened recently, and it was organic. And he was super stoked to see the book, I'm sure. Absolutely. And he, I, you could tell he was going to read it, right? Oh, 100%. So, like, that's it right there. Mm-hmm. Like, that's your fulfilling your responsibility. Like, mm-hmm. I, I see this, you know, I'm like going, man, I want everyone to know this, this, and that. But it's not going to happen in the masses. It's going to go one guy at a time. I can't help but share the information. It's Right. I, it's... Like it's rewarding in, it, it connects everyone too, yeah. and that's ultimately the whole point. You know, mm-hmm. we can go into quantum physics about that, but we're not going to on this episode. But like, you know, the biggest illusion is separation. You know, that's how you control large masses of humanoids is separation. Right. But you know, the law of the universe is is unity and oneness. You, yeah. know, you know what I mean? Pretty interesting stuff. So, what's your personal example of friends and family not having your back? Um, so, I've, I've got both sides. I mean, my entire family thinks completely different than me. And I have friends, like, uh, you know, Nina and I do our own business and our creative, you know, the podcast and stuff that we're doing and, and all the research that we do. None of my friends know about it. I don't tell them. Mm-hmm. I love my friends, but the reason I don't is I know they're not going to understand it. They haven't done any research, so they're going to fall back, default back to discrediting me 
or saying something negative. Oh, that's great, Bobby. That'll never work. We don't want you leading the pack, basically. We don't want to see you on the next level. And I learned that through experience. My tens, my tw 20s and 30s, oh, man, I got this great idea. I got this dream. And none of them had anything nice to say. So, y you know, what is that? What does that mean? And so that like you don't think that any one of these friends can be swayed. I don't think that I think that like when, you know, it's it's kind of a group like say you grow up in high school together and you guys are this tight group. And then one guy just goes, you know what? I'm looking for something a little bit different. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't even matter what it is. Right. The rest of the group starts going, wait, that's not familiar to us. Right. OK, we've got one of our core guys leaving. That's not familiar to us. You know, so like we're worried about how we're going to deal with it. Oh. How okay. we're going to react. I'm having a cathartic moment with what you're Do you understand? Saying. So mm -hmm. it's like, okay, how can we, in a loving way, mm -hmm. quote, quote, influence Robert not to leave the flock? Because we're not going to be able to understand it on a familiar day-to-day -day basis. And there's the chance that, oh, shit, Robert's going after his dream. It causes all those guys to look within and go, we don't have the balls to go after our dreams. We're happy staying in this town with the, you know, so and it, that's it, the program. It, and it forces them to look, look inward and check themselves and go, why, why am I not doing well, that? Nobody likes to do that. Cause it's a scary place. Courage. Again, it goes back mm -hmm. to like going after your dreams. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it takes cojones for all that shit. Mm -hmm. And your parents know that. So it's like, fuck, my son wants to be a rock star. What are the odds? Right. right. You know, it's like, he's going to be calling me, until he's 40 asking me to pay his fucking rent. Well, here's Instead the thing of believing in their kid. Well, they, they think it's unfathomable. So what happens is... That's it. That's the word. They can't fathom the, the whole idea. Right. Mm -hmm. exactly. exactly. So instead, it, it, instead of it being a malicious or malintent, it's just unfathomable to them, which, in its sense, it, which is almost more toxic. In a sense. Well, it's it's survival because it keeps their life predictable. Mm -hmm. You know, that's where I'm going with this is like the minute you cause a shakeup in the group, your buddies or the family, you're the black sheep. It forces everyone to, like, look at themselves and, and they don't want to fucking do that. Right. And that's know? why I always say that. So you get discredited. Exactly. And that's yeah. why I always say that I'm not afraid to be the villain in everybody's story because if you're not willing to hear the truth then you know or look inwards then that's on you or or have the balls to go after your dream but like you know if i'm gonna now i have no choice to cut you out of my life exactly you, you know what i mean and, and that's the decision you know and that goes back to the, the you know the basic question do they have the, does anybody have your back and if you're gonna go after your dreams that's already gnarly you know, and if you don't have the f support of your good friends and family, like, why isn't there one guy in the group going, you know what, dude, do it. I don't want to see you in this fucking town tomorrow. Go. You, I got your back. Right. You know, I'll send you what I can, but go do it. And I don't give a fuck if you fail. You know, I can live with not having a predictable tomorrow. You just you, need you know people I mean? to support you. Totally. Yeah. I mean, that's the connectivity. Mm -hmm. and, but everyone's running around in separation again you know it's a very weak culture but like you've got family members 
that don't want to don't don't give two shits about their brother or their sister, but but on, if that their brother and sister dies and gets buried, they show up on that day and they get in front of a fucking mic and tell everyone how much they fucking love them and how much they fucking miss them. Mm-hmm. But they didn't spend one minute with that motherfucker when he was alive. What's the word for this? Oh dear, I was just watching. There's a term for that. Douchebag. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um. It's like it's another Pablo scenario, taking credit where, where credit isn't due. People who come up and it's sting. a low self worth, insecure piece of shit thing to do. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So those are the people that it never even should have been in your life. You know what I mean? The sad part is, is people live their entire lives and then die and and allow these people to give away their eulogies and shit. Is it, it, think about that for a second. It's just weird. It's almost like we've got things backward. Like humans aren't even haven't even learned to crawl yet. But everything's backwards because, you know, most kids, you know, you and I especially had innate gifts when we were young. Man, just imagine having a support base, not money, just a support base. I couldn't. I mean, your life would be different. Right. Like my life, I know for a fact would be different. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And for me, you know, and then then there's the fallout going, Okay, fuck. There goes that whole thing, and that was going to be my whole life. What now? You know what I mean? Absolutely. And when you ask yourself the question, what now? Then you have to dive inside of yourself and remind yourself of what you're truly capable of because social stigma and parent grooming and government policies and everything that like over the last generation that has been thumped into our freaking brains indoctrinating and all of that bullshit you have to remind yourself of that that it's all bs and that you're capable of anything and it doesn't show up for yourself every single day so when you ask yourself what now you have to remind yourself it doesn't matter what now because whatever can happen has already happened and you already obtain it and can already obtain it yeah, you know, what I like about what you're saying is, is is personal responsibility because, like, what I'm talking about is having support from friends and family and, you know, helping you through life. What Joe's saying is, is like, fuck it, at some point, it's you. Yeah. Y- you know, and it'd be, yeah, it'd be great to have mom and dad on board or your friends actually supporting your dream, whether they're jealous or not or, or whatever, but ultimately you got to just realize that nobody's going to save you and it's 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 you it's you know? one person at a time and you know and maybe that'll change your relationship with your family member or your best friend or whatever but like uh, that's a very good uh good perspective because i didn't see it from that way because I, I i came from a different way but like I, i'm just thinking like if i was a, by, by the time i was like 14 or 15 if i had that mindset just going look my parents don't give a shit. <laughs> you know, like, like <laughs> yeah. I kind of assumed they did, you know, and I'm like, going, my mom doesn't give a shit about how good I am at this. Right. So, uh, like, I need to pull the trigger and cut her and go fucking do it. No excuses. Right. But I held out on this. Well, that's my mom. And that's the program. Like, why is she not fucking? I mean, she can see my ability. She can see this is my fucking dream. Why is she, you know, why is she on the other side? You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I, I struggled with. I should both parents abandoning right. me for their significant other at, at a young age. My dad decided so that my stepmom that was more important than me. So that could be seen as a positive. It, because I like think it is. I c- if I'd have had that going, you know what? No one's got me. I'm my back, but me. 
and I got this little golden egg, I'm going to fucking go for it. No excuses. Well, yeah. I, I probably would have done that. Well, my my aha moment was when, when my mom was like, all right, you know, it's it's you or your stepdad, and I'm, I'm picking your stepdad. And I was like, well, you know, that fucking checks out because history repeats itself. Dad did Absolutely. the same thing and with stepmom. And it's easy. It's the easiest default. And it was actually – it was kind of – quite comical at the moment i was like son of a bitch all right check it out and i was 14 at the time and i was on my own ever since and from that point forward it was always how i'm what am i gonna do next and fuck what anybody else thinks right, or you, says. Had a, you had a head start like i always kind of it's always been interesting to me because like you go to high school and you look at the rich kid or the jock or the popular kid like they don't really have an identity. I like, I, like I've learned to develop. I, I hated them in high school, right. but like I've learned to, to um, have compassion for them because they're fucked. You know, like it's like they're never going to have an identity. <laughs> I, and I, uh, not to make a sweeping statement, some do, some get out of it. But like everything's based on like whatever the family reputation, the family mom, money, or whatever. But like they'll never really know if someone really cares about them. Wow. Like especially like. A, a boyfriend or a girlfriend it's like because there's oh you, you've got a mil a million bucks in the bank right right do you even really do you really like uh, them silver spoon people will, will never know i don't think so right. like i i just don't think there's a possibility so what, what do you that does I mean, let's breathe. hear from the female like you grew up with some rich kids what was your relationship in high school with those types of people like the cheerleader the popular i was always a social outcast and by myself so i never really got along with those people but of i definitely can agree because those are the people that when they're out of high school usually have nothing or no one because they relied on the popularity and everything yeah there was school. there was no substance underneath yeah. them you know like like probably your peer group was critical thinkers or creative types i mean we we didn't have anything <laughs> you know we couldn't go buy an image we had to be an image you know what i mean and the, that's why I'm saying, like, these get, these kids get out of high school and they don't even have a fucking identity. You know what I mean? And yeah. you wake up in a good at mood every morning, and you should. Your fucking parents are covering all your bills, but, like, that's not where you learn anything. You learn any the struggles where you learn shit, and you've always just paved your way over that with dough. You know what I mean? Right. And you got all this fucking attention. I mean, high school kills these people because – you get all this attention. You're Buffy the cheerleader. You're, you're like your parents are rich, and you got all this attention, and everyone wanted to be your friend. And then after we'll say college, nobody gives a shit who you are. You know what I well, mean? Well, I think that's a lot of people's a lot of people's aha moment comes late in their twenties. You know, um, unless they come from poverty and end up not going to college, and then sometimes it just never comes, which. You know, it's unfortunate, and that's what you mean by having compassion. I'm still struggling with having the compassion for these people <laughs> because I was one of these people. I'm going to be honest. Um, it's still hard. <laughs> yeah, it's, I bet it's hard. And um, I, I was 100% a closed-minded person. I was 100% um, asleep and, and um, very guilty of every single opposite that I've spoken about tonight. And um, it, it, it takes a multitude of those aha moments and a continuous, like, train of them in your life and to be, like, open-minded and to witness them and be aware of them as they're happening to actually make a legitimate change because these moments happen to everybody. It's just whether or not you're willing to accept it. And um, 
I think I was just fortunate on the on the other end to to come to terms with it early on, which some people never do, which is I guess you can have compassion for that in a sense. Look, you don't have really much of a choice with compassion because we're all kind of connected. And that's the challenge. And <coughs> I think the people that have a higher purpose in our universe are the ones capable of it because there's so many people that are so far away, you know, from where they need to be, where we all need to be. You know, it's easy to give up. It's it's the people that, like, right. have gone through some pretty heavy shit that are capable of it, you know what I mean? Well, so that's, that's the the example that I was leading into was personally, I, I struggled with homelessness and, and, and shit and drug abuse and stuff like that. So when I see other people who struggle with similar things and can't get their shit together, I struggle having compassion for them being as somebody who's got my, who's gotten my shit together, which you would think I would have compassion for those people. Right. But what if you just gave them the tools? Like, um, just from talking to you before, like, you do the right thing. You see life as a game and you figure out the game and you play to win the game. Right. Some people don't have that, Joe. You know what I mean? So maybe give them the blueprint or give them the tools rather than just going, what the fuck's wrong with you? Idiot? <laughs> Here's how you do it. Like yeah. they don't, they come from a whole different, you know, perspective, you know, I, I guess that's ignorance on my end. Well, and, and <coughs> you know, everyone's got a different story too. Some of them don't care enough about themselves. You know, right. Or they're just latent criminals. You know, you just never know. Or don't know how to care for themselves. Exactly. So if you have the ability or you have the knowledge of that, you pass that on to them, you know, whether they receive it or not, I think you can develop compassion from that. So, you know what I mean? Yeah, I definitely think you can develop compassion for that. I mean, you did everything you could. Right. Right. Instead of just, oh, let's write this guy off, you know, his head's up his ass, mm -hmm. you know, and he'll never get off the streets. So do you have a, 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 a I have multitude of specific friends that I think I've looked at and, and can and can know they'll, they'll never make it off the streets. They'll never figure it out. It, you know that. Of you just them know that, though, right? Knowing that and and even trying to give them. What tools. makes you say that, though? Just their behavior, their attitude. Personal experience. Um, Your personal experience, but like you can see them and just go, there's no way that they're, they're doing everything wrong. Right. Well, they're doing what they shouldn't be doing. Or rejecting help. You know, um, so it's self inflicted almost. Almost, but unconsciously. I have. So that's low self worth. Right. Uh, low self worth. And that's victim. It, it, victim mentality is what yeah. it boils down to, and right. which is. Which then you know solidifies the thought in your head that they can they'll never change, you know they set the narrative that, that, that they're the victim their entire life. I've had very close friends that I grew up with that we were drug addicts at the same time, went to jail, got clean, went to rehab at the same time, got out of rehab, and they chose the other route. I chose another route, and these are the people that I do not feel sorry for. Yeah, that's interesting, you know, because it's it sounds like it's just such a fine line. And I, I, you know, I would be on your side. I would just be going, I ain't doing this my whole life. Fuck no. You know, right. and it's it, it just takes a little bit of cojones and just a little self-worth going. 
you know, let's be realistic. One, I, Nobody's going to save me here. I got to do this on my own. Right. I got to save myself. And I don't want to pity them because, you know. No, fuck no. Right. I don't want to do that. So it's just. Pity I'd, is an unnecessary emotion, just like guilt is. Correct. So I would just prefer to just not. And therefore, I don't I don't feel any sort of anything towards them. Not compassion, not, not sympathy, not, you know, it's just there's nothing there anymore. And that's yeah, where you coming know, it's, from it's cutting people off is so well, easy. It's hard for me because, like, you can give them, you can throw them a softball, right? You can go, here's the blueprint out of the streets, and they fucking chew up the blueprint and throw it in the gutter, and you're just going, <laughs> okay. So there is a choice here. And th- th- then how do you have compassion for that? Because they made the choice. They're no. actually making the choice for that. You right. Know what I mean? It's so a conscious decision. I think that's where you lose. Co- I would lose compassion is just going, okay here's plan a that works and you're going to choose plan b that's going to fail well then i can't i can't put any energy into you whether it's compassion or anything i can no longer put any energy i can no longer participate yeah when you're ready to enter the game and participate yeah then i can help out but like exactly you're still in self-destruction mode so it's a very fine line rock bottoms there you know like if that same individual were to come to me and say hey I'm done. And and be about it? I have to 100%. 100% everything changes. Do you think right like right now where you are in your state of being like you could help a lot of kids on the street based on your experience and knowledge if they were willing to have the right approach, surrender all that. Do you do you think you could make an impact on uh, on a absolutely fairly significant level? Absolutely. I think you could too. Yeah, absolutely. Um and that's that's interesting. I think know. I'm a few years away from from the ultimate success story. So, I definitely would like to um, at some point become a drug and abuse uh, counselor, drug and alcohol abuse counselor. Excuse me, something of the sorts to uh, help out and give back to the community. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, I don't I don't. You do something like that, and like like that's got to make you feel so fucking good. Like, what makes you feel better? That's a trippy concept, too, is like people actually feel better when they give than when they receive. Absolutely. But they actually want to take more than they want to give. Well, what they don't, <laughs> what people don't aren't willing to admit, that? what people aren't willing to admit is when I mean, they you do know, that, when you do something taking. really sweet and, and like uh, that you didn't need to do to some stranger, like it makes you feel really fucking good inside. But like when you go and Buy yourself a Gucci bag or something. You don't feel as good. Okay, I'm gonna say some controversial say ass it, shit. Real say quick. it. And okay. Emmy, pipe in anytime too. <laughs> There's a certain amount of selfishness that comes with doing something good for other people. Um, I'm fucking guilty of this. I, I donate every single last pair of clothes that I wear, and if I'm done with it, and I, and I don't give away tarted shit. I donate everything to this rehab center that that, that saved my life. And, um, do you really? I do. Every, I always How long have you been doing that? Years. I've, I graduated that rehab program seven years ago. So let me tell you right now, sorry to interrupt, I think that's very profound. Yeah, I do. That, that. is a very profound statement. A, because nobody else does it. You could go to the wealthiest neighborhoods in any city. They would never fucking think of that shit. I guess you're right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Don't underestimate the profundity of, of like... 
doing something for somebody that you don't have to do. Well, I do it. I, I do That's it because I that, know that, they need it. I was there. Yeah, I know, but <laughs> like, but but there, there's no. You don't have to. Right, you know, right, and yeah. that's the culture that we live in. Where like I gotta pay my bills, I gotta show up at work. People are stuck in have tos instead of like just random acts of kindness. Nobody does that, mm-hmm. and fucking the rich would never do it. You know who does random acts of kindness? Poor people, yeah, homeless people, people that have fucking been there, people, have people that have waited on tables and had a douchebag. Mm-hmm. You, you, you know, right. those so are the happening. people that do it. Rich people don't give a shit. Right. And a side effect is that is every time I do that, they ask me to speak to the guys. And what ends up doing is I, I, I end up bringing a bunch of pizzas and feed the guys for the day. Where and is this? Crossroads. It's called Battleborn Rehab. And you go every week or every month? Um, I, I used to do it like two or three times a year, like every couple how many of months. Pe- how many guys are there? About 110. Don't you think it would be cool to talk to them? Oh, I do it all the time. Or I, I used to. I haven't gone in yeah, a Yeah, but few like, months, like but really lay down some fucking uh, shit. Some of this? Yes. I think that would be um, Because I, like I, I asked Nina, I always wanted to talk in front. Of, I'll go to Pelican Bay or something. I could probably I want to talk something. in front of prisoners just to see. I, I th- th- Like that's the toughest crowd, Joe. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. Other than, yeah. Uh, other than the super rich. The super rich is the toughest crowd. Because they think you're a fucking why yeah. why rock the boat, dude? Right. But like those guys, it, you know, if you can get through to f- one, two, three, four, five of those guys, mm-hmm. it's a success. But there's a the point of all this. There is definitely like I think a selfishness. That, I think so too. I think there's a selfishness inside of that though, because it makes me feel so good inside to to do that. But it like there's so, no malintent. So of course. self love, caring for yourself in the male world was always seen as pussy. Right. That is not selfish. That is super fucking healthy because you can't help other people until you help yourself. Right. You have to like have that. You can't love another person if you don't love yourself. That's how I know like people that I know, I'm like, oh, you don't love that motherfucker because you, you hate you. You hate you. Mm-hmm. Y- you know, it's not possible. You right. know what I mean? And I, I, I just think like, God, everyone says that it's selfish to take three hours of your day out to meditate, stretch, eat good, read something. Damn, that's the program, isn't it? But, but like. You can't give if your cup is empty. Hundred percent. Yeah, that's it. That's exactly it. Like, like if you're not clicking on all cylinders as a parent, how the fuck are you going to help your kids? And and how you the know? fuck are you going to be a good friend to your friends, to your allies? Exactly. To the it permeates close. your coworkers. It permeates y- your family for sure. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's like, you know. We always talk about that analogy where, like, okay, if a plane's crashing and the oxygen masks come down, who who's who gets the mask first? And it's the parent, right? Because you can't parent help the kid unless you got oxygen. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Who's gonna if you pass out and crash? How are you, you gonna help you that kid help into the kid. life raft? You know what I mean? Uh, you exactly. You can't help others until you can help yourself. Right. And a lot of people don't understand that, and uh, you know, and it's it's a shame to watch the givers give so much. Until they have nothing to give. I, I think the struggle is is there's 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 people, whether they have an initiation, they hit rock bottom, whatever, are willing to surrender and go within. 
And then there's a lot of people that are just don't have the courage or the will or they've got they've already set up this program of excuses and this victim triangle victim or whatever triangle. it is. But like <clears throat> I think ultimately that's where it is. And like in order to be, you know, we talk about this, like to be an alchemist. This is my opinion. In order to be an alchemist, I think you got to purposely <laughs> go to the lowest possible depths and rebuild it whether it's drug addiction pokey time uh damn i agree. divorce and all that stuff because like i didn't really need to do that but i chose to do that because i in in order to sit where i'm sitting now and talk to you guys i had to be there like mm -hmm. i can't be a drug counselor if i never took a drug right like how 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 is my client going to have any credibility with me? Absolutely. And <laughs> I, I stand by this statement 100%. And the thing is, I took this role so seriously in my life. I am was raised a single child, but have three younger brothers and an older sister. And when I was really young, I made the decision that I was the bad example in my family. And do not do what joey does so you came up with that or you were kind of like so your parents had nothing to do with like denoting you that well what that happened dis was distinctive title i heard that i heard that from another person and i was like son of a bitch i'm already fulfilling that role you so know? that was a self-chosen thing so i was like you know what fuck it i'm that i'm kid. gonna play that role i was like i'm the guy who speaks out i'm the guy who calls everybody out on their bullshit I'm the person that hurts the feelings because nobody wants to say what needs to be said and everybody's thinking it. So I chose, fuck it, I'm that guy. And you know what? It, it turned me into the black sheep of the family for many, 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 many years, which put a bad taste in my mouth with family, hence why I say blood is only makes you related. Family's people chosen. Um, I've been wronged left and right from blood, so that's another story. But, yeah, I 100% purposefully chose to walk the path that I did, to put myself in those situations. Every step, every action that I did, I was aware of what the fuck I was doing. I was aware of all this dumb shit that put me in jail. I knew what the fuck I was doing. 100%. And I think everybody else does while they're doing it. They're just not willing to admit it. But, <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> I digress here, but like, and we're not going to get into this, but yeah, just reeks of a Pisces <laughs> and we're not going to fucking do, we're not going to do this again. All right. But that, I apologize. I mean, like, like that's exactly live by the sword, die by the sword, right. death or glory. That was how I did it. And there's one way in my life and it's that way. Right. I don't have another way. This is why and you're I not agree gonna with you. So condition me to another fucking way. And the only thing I can think of, it's the fucking Pisces thing. Okay, so we're done with that. Okay. All right. Digress. <laughs> <laughs> I could do this for hours. Uh, totally. <laughs> so let, let's kind of uh, round this thing up here. Um, any extra thoughts? Do you guys have any, like after what we've talked about, any other kind of new insight or anything about like, or did, have you identified, like, through this podcast, this hour or whatever, um, of us talking, have you identified a person or a family member after this information? Like, maybe you thought a few minutes, have you guys identified a family member that potentially may have not had your back or had your best interests? Um. Or did you already know? 
I already knew, uh, but he, what like we stated earlier, I think I think the people in my life while they were doing it were just generations of program that um they were so unconscious at the time. Well, it it was through pain. What happened was, and you were too. Right. Five years ago, you were probably not very conscious. No, absolutely. Um, you were surviving, but you were playing the game better than everyone. I think about seven years ago was my biggest kind of come seven to. Seven years ago? Seven years ago was when I kind of like woke the fuck up, and that was when I was looking at 40 Something years Something has prison. to change. And yeah. <laughs> yes. I was sitting in my cell going, something's got to change. Yeah, uh, this is whatever I'm doing is not really working. Like, it's not working. I was winning the game in the beginning, but like I'm almost a checkmate. The people in my life, though, made their decisions through pain and were afraid to feel that pain again. And I was aware of that. And I allowed and I played the game with both of my parents so they wouldn't have to feel that pain. And as a result, took so it you on took myself. that from them. Right. You alleviated that. Correct. Okay. And and I was aware of it while I did it. So I put myself through hell and back not to see either one of my parents upset. So I was still a part of the program. Is that because they weren't willing to take that, or you just wanted to make it easier? I just wanted to make it easier. It, that's an interesting thing to think about. Right. So, But you could tell they weren't willing to. It was easier if you did it. It was easier if they turned their eye to right, the Right, so you're the parent, not... Uh, this right. is important shit. Yes. Th- you're the parent, not them. You're parenting your own fucking parents. Right. Right, um, and I made that decision at like seven years old, and so I think uh, being aware, I was aware that they weren't aware. I was aware that he hit my dad's sh- head was shoved so far at my stepmother's ass that he didn't see the abuse going on. So I had compassion for the guy. He's my dad. I love. So him. you've yeah. identified it as an abuse. Would you see it as a po- ultimately at the at your age now as a positive or a negative? Like, did it benefit you down the road? I'm sure it was a Both. super hard. Both. Both. I struggled with, like, anxiety and shit like that from, from said situations. Right. But as a driven individual, it's positive. You know, as a— You're a, not over it. Right. As somebody willing to go out and get it, as a go-getter. Personal responsibility. Right. I think okay, I, I succeeded in that area for sure. And my, my mother did the exact same thing the father did. So both parents—and I, I just had practice. I had years of practice coming up into it with the, with my mother. So I was like, oh, all right, fuck it later. I'm wow. Not. So they almost kind of taught you. Oh, that hey I man. was lesser than. Hey, man, don't rely on us. Yeah, they were like, <laughs> hey, we man, more about the <laughs> we other We love person. you and all this, but like you're on your own, homie. Yeah. By the time you're seven, like threw you to the wolves. Right. Right. So I was just, just like, all okay. right. I'll just be raised myself and be, be who. But you so have to. Maybe that was the their game. way of. Doing this in a loving way instead of completely abandoning you and not like nurturing anything. Well, I think, fuck, I think they were trying their best for sure, but they yeah. just didn't want to face the music because I they shouldn't have been parents. Right. My parents shouldn't have been parents. Yeah. What it's about tough. you? Yeah, I don't know. But like, Based on, like, one thing I've I've seen, like, whatever, I'm from the 70s, is people that are welcoming new babies or having, having a starting a family, they don't learn, teach, practice anything on how to be a parent. 
different. You know what I mean? I, I, I actually on it. they always say that. It's yeah, but like thing. I I I actually took the time to do it, and it wasn't a, a handbook on parenting. <clears throat> it was a handbook on who the fuck I am and what am I doing? Right. Because that's I'm ultimately the influence of this new life form. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it wasn't about parenting. It's about you got to get your shit together, and this is why you're fucked up, mm-hmm. or you're gonna you're gonna dump all this shit on your kid. Right, and that was what something I was like explaining earlier was how people have kids to like as like a trophy thing, and 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 don't actually like raise these kids with core values. I think it's important when you do have kids to instill like the most important values, the most important shit that they're going to need to learn in life. Do you think there's a laziness with parents now? Oh, because that takes takes later research, knowledge, application Mm -hmm. that takes consistently. Yeah. So hard. So you're bringing a kid into this world and you're not putting that time in. And you're putting him in front of a television. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then when he's 15 or he or she is 15, you scream at that fucking kid because they're not behaving properly. Right. When you engineered it. This is a part of the <laughs> system. This is the I just think it's funny to notice that. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Laziness of parenting. Here, Johnny, here's an iPad. Instead of you taking the time. To go, this is what's required as a parent, as a nurturing parent. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, s- many, many parents weren't ready to be parents. Um, a lot of kids, a lot of people have kids just to have kids. I think the ki- the parents that plan b- births aren't even fit to be ch- uh, parents either. Well, yeah. They're they're all they're doing is fulfilling this image, you know. We we gotta have a boy and a girl, and we gotta have a mortgage and all this other stuff. But like, you didn't understand who you were to bring this person in, and you need to understand all of that. Like, if you want to do it on a healthy level, oh, otherwise absolutely. the kid becomes a possession, well, you it, know. So instead it, of a person, it's interesting. Now we're coming back to the full circle of: Do your friends and family have your back? Mm-hmm. Because how can they? Right when you how fucking can they when they didn't learn to be a parent, mm-hmm. so they ended up turning you, uh, t- turning themselves into a manager. How do I manage this fucking rat? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. To and benefit so me, to because I'm lazy. I want to be in front of a TV to to get out of my fucking face and to get a job. Don't call me when you're 30 years old asking for rent. You know, yeah, don't get hurt. Get health insurance. Stick in the matrix. Be numb. Become a numb, innate fucking object of, you know, a soulless avatar. And do what everybody else is way easier for me because I'm not even here. I'm a fucking force fed bag of rotting meat sitting on a couch, eating Cheetos, blaming everybody else. Isn't that easier? It's Absolutely, the, it's the easiest thing to do. So right, nobody wants to look. And now you're around. part of the problem. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Anybody have anything else to say tonight? I think that's it. We can much stop now. It. We can go on forever. But like, if um, I, I thought that was really cool. If there is anybody that has anybody else, anything else to say, so be it. Forever hold our peace. Forever hold our penis. <laughs> that's right. And we're gonna go have a cocktail. That's right. Right. Later, bitches. Late.